welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the film streaming at BYU's International Cinema. This is our first podcast of winter semester 2021. I'm Mark Yamada, co-director of International Cinema, and I'm joined today by our other co-directors, Doug Weatherford and Mahindar Oscarson. How's it going? Doing well. Thank you. Same for me. Thank you. Great. Happy New Year. Uh, this week, we are looking forward to our winter semester schedule. Now, like the fall, we are going to be streaming films through Hum Media and other online platforms. Hum Media requires viewers to have an active BYU Net ID, so you need to be a current BYU faculty, staff, or student. You can sign up for access to Hum Media on our website, ic.byu.edu, where you can also download an electronic copy of our semester poster. Uh, just a reminder, those who signed up for IC showings during fall semester through Hum Media do not need to do so again. All right, well, let's turn our attention to the lineup for winter. As always, we're offering some really intriguing film series, and we're going to start off the, the semester with a series uh, we call A Feast of Films, in which we're featuring some crowd pleasers that have played at IC, but that are all dealing with food and family and community. So kind of a fun way to start off the semester. After that, we get into writers and filmmakers, protest and revolution, music and musicals, black voices, punishment and the state, migration and violence, poets and poetry, her voice and humans and the environment. So some really interesting series we have to look forward to. Well, let's start with Mahilor. What are you looking forward to this semester at International Cinema? Well, yes. Yeah, so the start is a is a little different from from usual, but everything is a little different these days. So in, instead of having our encore weekend, we decided to do a full week and feast on films. And I hope that you will all join us and feast with us. Uh, it's a real delicacy, right, to start the semester. Babette's feast, a Danish film with some French. Looking at the spiritual and, and the physical in this film, it's um, a beautiful theme about art and aesthetic and the community. There's themes of forgiveness and, and mercy. It's a real recipe for life in some sorts. Eat, drink, man, women. That is all about, as well, like in Babette's Feast, about gastronomic creations. That, and then again, stressing the work of art that is in the, the food that, that is created by this master chef. And it, it contrasts with the invasion of fast food in the world, an aging parent and this, his relationship with his, his daughters, uh, beautiful metaphor for life and love. And Ramen Shop brings us a, a cultural and culinary fusion. Singapore and Japan, the, the best dishes from these two places. And I really do hope that this is a good start to our semester for everyone and that it will start our semester under this beautiful metaphors of, of food and feasting for the rest of the semester. Now, I want to say a few words about films. Actually, a few documentaries. I'm going to focus my, my comments on uh, a few documentaries that have been really touching to me in a, a life-changing way. We have a documentary called Amazing Grace coming about Aretha Franklin gospel singing. 
some critics have said it is soul-shaking, and it really was that for me. It is a, a very special documentary because of the performance that was filmed in the 70s by Sidney Pollack. And it took a long time because of technical issues, but as well, uh, some kind of legal battle to bring this documentary to be. So that that's something to watch. Women of the Gulag is a Russian documentary about the power of storytelling. It's the portrait of five amazing ladies, uh, really old now, who were in the Gulags as, as young women. So it's dealing the theme of prisoners in this Stalin era, um, some some people of the the most vulnerable part of our society and female survival in some of the harshest environment. Another documentary about this kind of survival in the prisons is The Belly of the Beast by Erika Kohn, who, if you remember, is the film director uh, who did The Judge, about this first woman judge in Palestine that was at IC not long ago. And so this documentary, Billy of the Beast, deals with human right violation, dealing with eugenics and the women reproductive rights, and as well, reparation. That was really eye-opening for me. And the last documentary that I want to touch on is The Reason I Jump. This is the portrait of five non-speaking autistic people from around the world. And this documentary really helped me understand through images, through sound, what autistic people might go through and the the challenges of everyday life. So this is what I, I am looking forward to. If I may, I need to touch on about the women uh, filmmakers in our program and as well the women co-writers of all these films. This semester, we have 41% of our films that have been directed or co-written by by women. But other films that are so strongly emphasizing women in the world and stories of women that were made by men. So this this semester is, is very strongly influenced by women's stories and women's voices. Yeah, thank you so much, Mahilo. That's really important to point out. And it's good to see that women are are playing a role in these films, not just uh, as, as characters and actors, but on the other side of the camera as writers and filmmakers and, and really in a lot of different areas, as you mentioned, in music and social issues. So really great. Let me second your endorsement of The Reason I Jumped. Such a great film that really isn't just about depicting people who have autism from the outside, but like you said, really helping us understand their perspective to the power of film, right? Like you mentioned and then finally, I'll also endorse your, your Feast of Films, which is a mouthwatering uh, selection of films. I think our, our audience might have to order out while they watch these, right? We'll have to suggest some good places that they can go and, and eat because you're going to get hungry as you watch these films. So thank you so much for those films. Doug, what are you looking forward to this semester? Thank you. Yeah, so there's a lot to look forward to. And I think I'll just uh, start by pointing out the uh, second week of the of the uh, semester, which is on auteur films, and has uh, three classic films, perhaps three of the most important films of the 20th century by three great directors, auteur directors, Louise Buñuel and uh, Alfred Hitchcock, of course, and Francois Truffaut. And uh, I'm really excited about uh, some of the classic films on our roster for this semester. Of course, international cinema works really hard to get some of the best 
recent films and we'll continue to do that. But I do really like the fact that, uh, that our students, our viewers will have an opportunity to see three of these great films. And I'll just point out uh, Los Olvidados, which is a, a Mexican film. So Luis Buñuel, a lot of people who are familiar with Buñuel will think of him as a, as a Spanish director or a French director and his work in those two countries is very important. But if you haven't seen his Mexican work, uh, you really need to take a look. Many of those films were shot quickly and with very little budget, sometimes just simply for Buñuel in Mexico as an exile uh, to be able to put food on his plate. But uh, all of those films, despite sometimes having uh, some missteps are, are really important. Los Olvidados, when it came out in 1950, was received pretty harshly by uh, the Mexican public, in part because uh, 1950 Mexico was a time when you s are still influenced by the muralists, for example, who are trying to present a really positive image of Mexico after its revolution from 1910 to 1917. And this film wanted to challenge that. The good news is that uh, despite some misgivings by Mexican viewers in that time period, it's become often considered Mexico's most important film. And it's not a happy film. I'll tell you that because it does challenge the view of Mexico, but it's a film that you really need to see. Another a theme that I'm really looking forward to is poets and poetry. And I, I don't know why, but I've always enjoyed uh, films that uh, talk about the written word. And uh, one film in particular in this grouping, we have poetry, a Korean film, and Bicycle Thieves, an Italian one. And then Songs from the Second Floor, which is a film that is from Sweden. There is not a lot of spoken language in this film. It's mostly about tone rather than action. But it's based on a poem written by the Peruvian great poet, uh, Cesar Vallejo, who would never become particularly famous during his life, but after his death is often considered perhaps uh, Latin America's most important poet. And the movie is just beautiful and haunting, and it may challenge some viewers who want a more traditional action-filled dialogue-based film, but this is one of my favorite films, and its connection to both Europe and Latin America, I think, is, is amazing. Music and musicals, another theme that I'm really excited about. I had never seen The Umbrellas of Cherbourg before from 1964, the year I was born, but it's a musical in which all of the dialogue, and there is a lot of it, is sung. And between the, the, the color palette of the film and the music and the musicals and the storytelling, this is a film that uh, you won't want to miss. Again, it might challenge some more traditional viewers, but you'll enjoy it. I really believe that to be the case. There's also a Chinese film, Yellow Earth, and then a documentary from a Berlin native who happens to have Turkish roots, Osan Mermer, who actually did his film schooling in Mexico and created this a documentary that kind of reflects his own life. He found this uh, Mayan village along the Mexico-Guatemala border that years ago had been separated artificially by uh, geopolitics, right? So half of it uh, falls in the Mexico side, half on the Guatemala side. 
And he, in a very simple, uh, but I think beautiful way, documents the experiences of a couple of girls from Mayan girls from the Mexico side who crossed the border to participate in a chorus, a singing group. And as they begin to reconnect to their linguistic heritage, which is Chuchmaya rather than Spanish. I've just uh, mentioned maybe another, a few movies, uh, individual ones rather than as groups. Uh, Portuguese, if you're interested in Portuguese at all, we have only two films, but the films that we're showing are really strong. The Year My Parents Went on Vacation, which has shown at International Cinema before, and is a beautiful film and set in 1970 uh, when Brazil is governed by a military dictatorship, but also has the backdrop of the World Cup that, of course, Brazil wins. And it's based on a young boy and his experiences in this world that he doesn't fully understand. I really like that movie. It's simple in many ways, but very profound. And Three Summers, a film directed by Sandra Kogut, who, as I understand, has visited BYU recently as a guest of the International Cinema in the Department of Spanish and Portuguese. Uh, and it has Re- Regina Casse, who many of you will remember from The Second Mother, and who I believe, along with perhaps Fernanda Montenegro, if you know her from Centra, uh, Central Station, are, I think, two of the best actresses working in Latin America. And I think those two films are really, really strong. And then perhaps I'll just point out to finish up, since uh, Marilor talked about uh, films about women, one of the ones I want to point out is uh, by a man, Joseph Mankiewicz, of course, and this is 1950, all about Eve, just an amazing film that would actually end up receiving four Oscar nominations for female acting. And that included Betty Davis, of course, and Baxter and two others. And Marilyn Monroe has one of her earliest roles in this film. And Uh, Although uh, much of the production is done by men, I think if you are interested in women's stories, women acting, this is a movie that you just simply cannot miss. And for those of you who are fans of Anya Taylor-Joy, she seems to be everywhere nowadays uh, on Netflix and movies and television. And if you haven't seen Emma, a period, and that's how the film is listed, perhaps uh, indicating that it's the last adaptation of that particular story that is necessary by Jane Austen. I'm not sure that that's the case or not, uh, but if you're interested in the actress or in women writers or women uh, actresses, uh, this film, I saw it originally in the theater. It's very recent and I think uh, will be a fun, perhaps more commercial entry into our lineup this semester, which is going to be a lot of fun. I encourage you to look at uh, the schedule and find uh, those films that you're interested in and really uh, look broadly at what may be able to open your eyes to other ways of telling stories from around the world. Thanks, Doug. Good stuff. There's a lot of really great films here, and I'm glad that you drew our attention to not only the new films that we're we're bringing, and as co-directors, we spend hours watching hundreds of films each year and, and, and bringing some of the newest films that we've seen at festivals and other places to IC, but like you mentioned, we also like to bring in some of the classics, and it's good to have viewers understand kind of film from from an historical perspective as well. So thank you for those recommendations. I second all of them. I think every film on here I'm excited for our viewers to see. Um, let me just draw our attention to uh, one series that I think is, is particularly pressing right now in our own kind of cultural experience which is protest movements, protest and revolution. 
a series of three films that'll be playing in February. And these films really show us the universal nature of protest, of even revolution, and and what role this this has played in history. The first film uh, that I'll mention is the classic, The Battle of Algiers from 1966, which is about the Algerian war between the French government in Africa and the Algerian rebels. It was shot only four years after the war ended on location in this docudrama style that really captures the immediacy of the incident. So really great film, really ahead of its time, shot in black and white, but really interesting film. Um, The second film I'll mention is Children of the Revolution, which is a German and Japanese film. And it tells of two revolutionary women, Ulrich Meinhof and Fusako Shigenobu, who were leaders of the German Red Army faction and the Japanese Red Army in the late 1960s, early 1970s. And these are two women who really sought to change the world and took aim at at the capitalist power uh, through revolution. What's great about this film is that it's told through the eyes of these two women's daughters who have kind of in some ways inherited this activist tradition from their mothers. And so really interesting documentary that will be playing in that series. And then the final one is Denise Ho becoming the song which is about canto pop superstar Denise Ho and her role in the 2019 Hong Kong pro-democracy movement, which is ongoing in Hong Kong. Denise Ho was, as I mentioned, a pop star in in the 1990s and early 2000s. And it's interesting how she uses her pop songs and how they become anthems really for this movement and her own work in protests and activism. So some really interesting films uh, to look forward to. I think we've mentioned most of the things that we have here in our schedule, but I'm really excited for this semester. Doug and Mahilo, do you have any final words or recommendations for our listeners? I want to point out the film Antigone. Antigone here this semester we have two versions of it. One that's a very much traditional adaptation of the tragic play, and it's a Greek film from the 60s, and a modern-day adaptation that comes from Quebec, so in French, and that deals with immigration. And I really would encourage our viewers to see both and to compare them to, to each other. Uh, I think it's very enlightening what a filmmaker can do with such a a well-known story for so many, especially the high hum students, or I know the French students read the book, the play, and to see what a modern day adaptation does with something that's very classic. Those are two great films looking forward to. Doug, go ahead. Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, I, I, I like all of the films that you guys are recommending and, and perhaps just to finish with one more that I forgot to mention, I'm really excited about that. And that's Identifying Features, which is a Mexican film, uh, recent, uh, I think 2020, early 2020. And it's the directorial debut of a Mexican director, Fernanda Valadez, another one of our, our women uh, who we, we are spotlighting this semester. And I think that that film will be particularly powerful, especially if you're looking for something in Spanish and something close uh, to our border, just across the border in Mexico. This is also a, a powerful, perhaps not happy ending film, but one that uh, definitely is worth a watch and uh, keep an eye out for it. All right. Well, there you have it. Another great semester to look forward to. Hopefully the last semester that will be streaming. <laughs> we'll see how it goes in the fall. 
Looking forward to uh, getting back into 250 of the Kimball Tower for live screenings, in-person screenings. I just want to draw our attention to one more thing, uh, which are the, um, the weekly or semi-weekly faculty lectures, which will provide context to a lot of these films. We normally have these in a normal semester. We'll have these live in person, but we'll be taping these and recording these, and they'll be available on our website, ic.byu.edu, for you to view and download. So make sure to check those out. Really great lecture series. We always ask the, the people who are the, the specialists at BYU about these films and the topics presented in these films. And so it provides a really great enhancement of your viewing of the film. So please check those out. Thank you for joining us today. I'm from the booth. Tune into our podcast each week for insightful discussion of the film streaming at IC by specialists who will be joining us on our podcast this semester. Our podcast is produced by the International Cinema Program at BYU and supported by the BYU College of Humanities. We are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here as they do not represent any official position adopted by the university or supporting institutions. As always, we thank our producer, Dewey Walter, our sound engineer, Marina Hegstrom-Pratt, as well as the staff at the BYU Humanities Resource Center for their help and support. We would also like to acknowledge the musical talents of Professor Greg Stallings and his son Johnny, who are responsible for our great intro and outro music. Until next week, keep streaming.